Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to the Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. And I'm Eric Fisher. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media. Yeah, and today's show is brought to you by my friends over at Restream. You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Restream. That's socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Restream. Now, today we are joined by my friend Jennifer Priest, and we're going to be talking about Facebook and Instagram's latest monetization opportunities for creators, influencers, and you too. And we're going to explore the latest from Instagram on how its algorithms work. So stay tuned. I mentioned a restream before, but I also want to bring, uh, let you guys know about my friends over at Ecamm. You can find out more about them as well. That's how we're doing the show with all the cool graphics and everything. You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. That's socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. So if you do not know Jennifer Priest, you really should because she is amazing. She is um, she's a Pinterest expert and a social media strategist. She's the owner and chief strategist at Smart Creative Social, and she also blogs at SmartFunDIY.com. Jennifer, welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I, I, I'm excited because, you know, I do fanboy a little bit over uh, Jennifer because I think she's just <laughs> wicked smart. So um, we're going to talk about some really cool stuff today. So I, I want to, the first like part of the news that I wanted to talk about is that this week, Instagram hosted what they called a creator week. And it's a three day virtual streamed event that is the, the social media platform's first professional development event. And it's designed to help creators grow their followings and make more money. Now, this was accessible by invitation only with about only 5,000 creators from the US uh, expected to attend. Uh, they also have like global pro programming going on with Instagram Creator Week events happening virtually in France and other European markets. And um, Instagram is actually going to make a portion of the content from these sessions available publicly on Instagram.com. I don't know if you guys have actually seen this, but uh, they're going to do a daily recap series called The Rundown. So, uh, Jennifer, I want to ask this question of you. You know, uh, Instagram, like other platforms, even Pinterest, are hoping to get in on this influencing marketing bandwagon, uh, especially since so many people have been trapped at home with these influencers during this pandemic. So do you think this is going to be a trend that's going to be around for a while? Oh, yeah, totally. I think it's going to be a trend. I thought that the Creator Week thing was interesting or I don't know if they called it. I don't know if they called it Creator Week or not, but I did. I was I got an invite to it. 
<laughs> I got the emails oh, and everything. Cool. Yeah. 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 So I'll let you know like what I saw on the inside. Cause you can still, I think you can still watch some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was nothing that like, Oh, this is going to sound bad. There was nothing that really piqued my interest as far as on the lineup. Cause I right. went through and looked and I was like, uh, I don't know if I need to like stick around for any of those, but so I don't know if that gives anyone any insight. Um, maybe you might have seen something on there that you thought was like really remarkable. Like I would love to know if you guys saw something like that, like in the comments. Because mm-hmm. I would I would want to check those sessions out because there was a lot. It was packed with a lot of info. So did you think it was like mostly basic kind of stuff? Is like that why you kind of passed on it, or why didn't it really pique your interest? I felt like it was a little bit entertain entertainment. Um, mm. I, I didn't get the impression that it was going to be hugely actionable. Like, yeah, probably more for beginners um, and people that don't aren't super established in their business already. Don't already have an established audience. Um, you know, like if you're if you're like I'm coming at it from like, well, I've already got an email list. I've already got a following. I've already got established traffic. Like what else? What's going to help me scale more? Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't think I wasn't feeling like from reading the things that I was going to get that from there, right? There were a lot of entertainers, um, musicians, things like that, that were doing lives. And I was like, I just didn't feel like it was super relevant to my business um, and growing that. So we have a a question here from, um, let's see, from Miguel. He goes, was it live or was it pre-recorded? Do you know what what it was? Was it all live stuff? I think it was I think it was recorded like because they had an agenda and then you could RSVP for like certain things you wanted to go to. But then other stuff was available to everybody. Gotcha. So it it was it was very gated. Right. Like it felt very controlled. Um, So I thought that was interesting because I'm like, why don't you just give us like if you want us to take action on it, why don't you just give it to all give it to us all right now? Right. Um, Right. So, yeah. And, And I just felt like this is in the middle of the week. I have stuff going on like (laughs) they didn't give a lot of notice it was like it it was less than a month's worth of notice um they just were like here's an invite and then you know come into this thing so i don't want to get too distracted from your question with that but i i thought okay i didn't realize there were only five thousand people (laughs) invited i was like oh yeah i got yeah you're special I don't, they've been hitting me up with this monetization stuff. And I'm sure that any of you that have any kind of following on Facebook or Instagram are getting hit with this, like monetize your, you know, monetize your lives, monetize Mm -hmm. your page more kind of thing. And I think that's happening because for so long, content creators have been monetized on their own platform. Right. We hear this thing, don't build your house on rented land. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, I need to get people from Facebook over to my my website, from YouTube or Instagram or wherever over to my website. Right. That's kind of what we've all been trained to do, what we preach as marketers to do. And so the platforms are like, yeah, but when we send people to your site, we have less control over user experience, right? You might have like spammy ads on it. We lose their eyeballs on our ads because now they're looking at your ads, right? So this is kind of where I think the platforms are coming from. So they're like, okay, you don't want to be an unpaid content creator on our platform, but we need you to create content. So people stay here, not so much, not just so people stay here, but so people come here. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're like, I want to be entertained. 
I'm going to go, you know, look at some stuff on Facebook or YouTube. I want to connect with people and I want to like see what my favorite creators are doing. I'm going to go on Instagram. And if you, if that person goes to Instagram and the creator is like, Hey, here's the teaser. And then you need to go to my site. Mm-hmm then Instagram loses that viewer, right? So Instagram's like, okay, instead of you being an unpaid content creator, how about we pay you to create content on our platform? And I know they're doing things like that, like, um, you know, working with um, creators and giving them stipends and things like that to create content on the platform. So now it's interesting to see that it's going to start rolling out to everyone. Yeah. So do you think, and I just want to kind of bounce back to, do you think it's, this is a trend? Like I, I, cause I hope it is because, you know, as a creator and, you know, we talk a lot with creators, a lot of our friends are creators. Um, I like platforms that support creators because honestly, those platforms would not exist without people putting content on their site. I mean, Facebook couldn't create all this stuff themselves. You know, Instagram couldn't do that all themselves. And so I think it's only fair that they get part of some of that profits. So do you think that this is kind of a, an awakening that brands are doing? And there's like Pinterest is going, oh, Instagram's doing that. I'm going to start doing that. And Facebook's going, oh, like Pinterest and, you know, Instagram are doing it. I'll start doing it as well. Mm-hmm. It's like YouTube. So do you think it's kind of this snowball effect and it's going to continue? Or is this just a fad that will eventually go away and they'll tighten the coffers, I guess, you know, later on in a year? I, I mean, I think in the next five years, it would definitely change, but I see it as kind of this trend of equalizers, Mm -hmm. right? Like remember when it was really hard to start a business because an online business, because you had to have a computer, you had to have internet access, you had to have all this technical know-how, there were so many barriers, right? And then the iPhone came out. And so now with smartphones, it's like anyone with a smartphone can create content, but we're, we're teaching everyone, oh, you need to have a website, right? You need to have a place where you can, now you got to get Shopify and you got to get WooCommerce and, right. and you have to have an email list. And those are barriers to those people creating. And so I think this is part of that larger, um, larger move towards kind of equalizing everybody's opportunity to start a business. So if all you need to start a business now would be, I just need to get an Instagram following and do the things I love. And on Instagram, I can have the shop and the monetization channels, and I don't need to start an email list. I don't need to build a website. I think that's going to encourage a lot more people to create content on the platform. So I think it's forward thinking you know, and, and them also listening to creators, right? Fighting mm-hmm. this idea of like, why aren't you showing my stuff to people? You want me to make all this stuff and you're not going to show it to anyone. I can't make money. Um, but I think it's something that I, I feel like we're going to see this for the next five years or so where um, these platforms are going to say, okay, how can we make it as easy as possible for you to create the content that's going to keep people on our platform? Mm. That's a great yeah. point. Yeah, I keep hearing this phrase, the creator economy used in the past, (laughs) especially in the past few months. And so this feels to me like this event had to do with maybe a mismatch or a, you know, I don't know, maybe it's not a mismatch, but I'm just thinking in terms of the way that they approached who they approached and what they offered and all of that, you know, and I'm also thinking in terms of the when, when they talk about influencers, um, them thinking in terms of celebrity and macro level, but not the micro or the nano level, the people that have smaller audiences, but have just as enthused uh, fans or communities. And so 
it seems like they they may be forgetting about them. Who knows? But then again, maybe they're not. Maybe again, maybe what they're offering here is a way for uh, amongst all the social networks when you can you know when you can create content on all of these networks though you know you're more marketable by being uh, uh you know creating content across all of them although i wonder how unique it has to be per social right. network right so but that makes you more marketable but jennifer i know you've got uh you know i know that you know that that makes you more marketable what do you look like the what do you look for i should say in uh say a brand deal when you're looking to do something with a brand yeah, so I was thinking about this a lot yesterday because I do a lot fewer brand deals, especially after 2020, right? right. <laughs> so, you know, the the whole sponsored post kind of thing um, kind of dried up last year for me. And I wasn't pursuing it either as actively as I have in the past. But one of the big things I look for is alignment with my values, right? Is it something that I really use myself? Is it something that... Um, aligns with what's important to me, right? I want less waste, right? There's, there's, you know, I want things that, um, coming from a crafting perspective, I want products that are going to fit in with my life, not where I need to have a dedicated craft room as a shrine to put it in, but I want tools that I can use in multiple places in my lifestyle, not just like, oh, I'm making cards and that's all it does. Um, so, or I'm making scrapbooking and that's all it does. So, that's what I'm looking for. And then the money part for me, the money part comes second. Um, I want to make sure they're paying me, you know, in a way that it's worth the work I'm putting in, but also like, I don't, I don't like it when they, um, when they're asking us to like get too brandy, right. They have too many talking points that we have to hit too many calls to action, like go to their website, follow them on social, like, and that used to be in the past, but I noticed with the the brands I'm working with right now, I just did a, a sponsored post um, last month and we had um, Instagram stories, a couple pins and a blog post is what the package was. And what I really like is there's like a really easy call to action. And then with that, that's an affiliate link. So I'm going to make money if people actually go buy the product. So I'm making money for creating the content and making money for getting people to convert into buyers for the product. So I love that. Um, I love that thought they mm-hmm. put into it because now it's going to make me money for long term and it's going to give me more of an incentive to keep that content up. Right. Cause a year or two down the line, I might say, ah, we're going to junk that because you know, and it depends what the agreement is, but I might not want to keep that up. Right. And so if it's got those affiliate links that are going to continue earning me money, that's like a good, a good incentive for me. Um, so I think, you know, values with alignment and then making sure that they're paying me enough, um, or the values are in alignment with mine, making sure they're paying me enough for the work they're asking for. And then, um, having like a clear call to action, not too many, and then having it be something that gives me some more longer term benefit. I think those yeah. are great points. In fact, that's a great tie-in because the rest of this show, we're going to be talking about some of these uh, new opportunities for monetization for the creators. And I know I need, I was there too. It's like, as soon as you say money, you're like, oh my gosh, I want to do all this stuff. And, you know, you, sometimes you don't make the best, you know, like you were just talking about somebody who aligns with your values that you, it, you mm-hmm. know, it's going to be easy to work with them. And we see dollar signs and a lot of us just jump into it. So I love what you said to like, think it through look at the deal that you're going to, 
going to make? And is this going to align with what's going to work for your brand? And is it going to be a long-term relationship and all that kind of stuff? So that's great. So Eric, why don't you break down this first, this first news story we're going to cover about uh, Facebook? Yeah. So this is interesting. So, you know, AOL Facebook, sorry, but uh, Facebook <laughs> is debuting new monetization opportunities for creators. And so what they came out with and to quote them, uh, they're saying we want Instagram and Facebook to serve as a home base for creators to tell their story, grow and make a living. So this ties right into what we were just talking about. And they mm -hmm. say today creators can use our platform to partner with brands, sell their own merchandise, earn money from their supporters, and earn a portion of revenue from ads that run against their video content. So that's interesting as well. They said um, also that this week they are introducing new affiliate and shop features on Instagram. What this means is now select creators are going to be able to tag products from the brands that they work with or use shops if they have their own product line. And uh, they're wanting to give creators access to the shopping tools and allow them to get rewarded for the purchases that they drive. And then they also said that in the coming months, they'll be testing a native affiliate tool that's going to allow creators to discover new products that are available on checkout, share them with their followers, earn commissions for the purchases they drive all inside of the Instagram app. This is very interesting. So my question here, when I hear Facebook slash Instagram uh, coming out with a native affiliate tool, my first thought is, okay, Facebook, Instagram, how much of a cut are you going to take out of allowing right. me to use that affiliate tool? And, uh, and you know, when they introduce a revenue share, is it going to be less than like, say, the 30% that Apple and others take? So I don't know. I don't know that it was clearly stated in here, but uh, let's talk about that. Like, how much is too much? Jennifer, what do you take? What do you what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think they kind of went after Apple with the 30% dig. It's yes. so hilarious, these platforms that do these little digs at each other. It's I like, come it. on, we, we just want to go to the place where our people are. We don't care about your guys' little turf wars. Um, you know, but, uh, or, you know, them going after, oh, we're going to monetize the videos like YouTube does. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, I... It'll be interesting to see. I mean, there are plenty of us that work with Amazon associates where we mm -hmm. get like 1%, right? right? So, um, and I'm sure that there's a hefty, a hefty amount that goes just to, to Amazon, you know, for those things. So um, I think it's going to, it's going to be something where it's like, if, if people aren't using it, mm -hmm. right, then uh they're going to have to adjust it. Um, but I think there's a lot of people that are going from $0 being made on their lives or on the content that they're making. And any dollars more is going to be a win for them. So they may be okay with taking, you know, with um, let's say Amazon's taking a, or not Amazon, <laughs> let's say Instagram's taking a 29% cut, right? So that's less than 30. And, you know, the, the, right. The end creator is getting like 5%, right? They're still going to feel like that's amazing because they weren't getting anything before. So, and, you know, if we're talking about driving them to Amazon or other places, we've got to then drive them off platform. And we already know like that requires a link that's difficult to do on Instagram. Um, 
you, you know, there's not as many opportunities to link on Instagram. If we're doing it on Facebook, anything with a link, we know isn't going to be shown to as many people. So if we don't have to have the link, maybe we'll actually sell more because it'll be contained within that ecosystem. Yeah, I, I totally get that. And it's funny because just to be clear that there wasn't any, uh, you know, they didn't say how much cut they would take. Zuckerberg himself just said it's going to be less than Apple. And so what, what does that mean? And when is that going to change later on? So, you know, they're going to get their money. Uh, there'll be a cut. But it, it, like Jennifer's saying, it's really interesting um, how these these places. T- and I love it because I think com- competition is awesome <laughs> for everybody. So uh, one of the other things I want to talk about, because I know you talked about you did some brand, you do brand deals and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, these affiliate programs, they usually have like really robust tracking. Like you talk about share a sale and some of those other, you know, platforms that allow that. Um, but I'm not seeing any mention of it on these releases. So does it make you nervous? Cause it does me, uh, to rely on Facebook or IG for tracking sales, because, you know, you and I come from the Pinterest world and, you know, the stats on Pinterest versus the stats on tailwind, the stats on, you know, whatever <laughs> they don't always line up. And so I get a little nervous when I don't hear of how they're going to track all this. What are your thoughts there, Jennifer? Right. Like I love sites like share a sale impact radius, right? right? Because they're a third party that then is hired by the, the merchant. Right. Um, but they're tracking, right? right? So it feels like there's a little bit of more of a level of trust there mm-hmm. because they're, they're doing the same tracking for all the different companies they work with and for all the different affiliates they work with. So yeah, I think there could be some, some issues there. Right. So like, and again, I think there could be some maybe lawsuits there. So, <laughs> right, right. because, you know, if you're like, I'm getting a lot of traffic and all my people are saying they're buying, yet you're showing, you know, I've had 10, 100,000 people watch this video and a ton of people are saying they bought and you're showing that I only had five sales. There's a problem yeah, there, yeah. right? And so then how how would we be able to track that? We're having to put a lot of trust in the platform. And that's where it's like, don't build your house on rented land. Now it's more like, you're building your business on rented land. <laughs> right, right. So so now what, right? If they if things go awry, they take it away. We know that Facebook suspends ad accounts and then, you know, companies whole revenue dries up overnight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they they delete Instagram accounts or disable them. So what happens then if you build everything there? Right. So you challenge them, like how how safe do you feel in challenging their tracking? What's the mechanism for that? Because I know that a lot of times if, if there's a problem on Facebook, I see this in a lot of groups. And even when I was a social media manager, it's like, well, who do you go to? Right. Who do you, who, you can't like pick up the phone and call someone. You can't even email somebody. Um, so I don't know how they would deal with those challenges, right? Like if somebody was like saying, okay, this, this isn't, yeah. this, these sales don't match what I, what I think I'm, I should be getting. Yeah, you really can't pick up the phone and, and talk to somebody at Facebook or Instagram. That's that's the bad thing. The thing I would say is to test everything beforehand and make sure whatever tracking they have it in place, you know, works. You know, buy your own product or something. I did. Uh, I was involved with a deal where um, that the company it was a big, huge push, and the company got them the wrong link. And like the fir- it was a big launch too. It was like you know, leading up was this huge thing, the wrong link, and so that first day where all the sales happened didn't get tracked. 
and there was this back and forth whose fault it was, and it's just, it was a mess. So test uh, that stuff out. Make sure it works yeah. because you can get burnt later. So, yeah, anyway, just uh, yeah. stuff that I've had to deal with. So, Eric, I know you have another question. Well, Jennifer, yeah, yeah, Jennifer, you've, you've sold products online. How, how do you suggest that if somebody wants to get started in this, uh, you know, realm of online selling, uh, you know, what, what, what tips do you have for them, I guess? Oh, I guess it just depends on what they're going to sell. I mean, there's so many ways to do it. And that's what I would be interested to see how Facebook's going to handle that, right? So if you have your own physical products and you're fulfilling the orders, that's one thing. But what if I have products and I'm using a packer or a shipper to fulfill mm. that for me, right? If I'm selling physical products, what does that look like on Facebook? How does how does my shipper interface with with, you know... Right. With the, my Facebook area, um, you know, things like ordering. I know there's a lot of people who use sites like Teachers Pay Teachers, right, where they sell printables, but they're using that site instead of instead of creating their own. So how would that be delivered if they were purchasing through Facebook? So I think there's a lot of unknowns, right? If I'm selling a maybe I'm selling a course or a challenge or an ebook, like a digital product, how does that get? delivered like how does that interface like i know i have a checkout right i have a sales page i have all that on my own site mm -hmm. so i know the process that someone goes through to then um access their purchase so how would we do that on facebook so and and i i'm concerned about like how things would be delivered um right. would we need to then buy third-party software to help with that um so that's where i'm like i i don't i don't quite know how it works uh there's a lot yeah. of unknowns. So yeah, so if someone's thinking about getting started, I'm like, there's already places they can go to get started for pretty cheap, like Etsy, eBay. Right. You know, they want to design t-shirts, they can get an account on Redbubble. Like there's a lot of things they can do. They can get a merch by Amazon account. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that they can do already. Um, so I'm just curious, like what Facebook and Instagram are going to be bringing to the table that isn't already there and how they're going to make it really easy for people to fulfill the orders. I think that's key is the the seamless, you know, not adding friction to, you know, this mm -hmm. affiliate thing. So um, back to kind of like affiliates about this news is, you know, Facebook is rolling out of this kind of, and Instagram affiliate thing. How what's your balance from, you know, your own products versus affiliate sales? I know a lot of people start out like when they're blogging, they start doing affiliate stuff. They'll put like a blue host or whatever on the side of their, their, you know, a, a skyscraper <laughs> ad or something like that. So, <laughs> you know, it's true. Um, I'm like, ah. <laughs> so how do you balance like the affiliate stuff with your own products? I mean, of course you probably want to sell your, your, you want to front face your products more and sell more of that because you get a better margin on it. But what's the balance between these, you know, doing affiliate sales and doing your own products? Because products are hard to, to make and put out. Right. I think it's um, one looking at where your expertise is. Right. So like sometimes people try to be everything to everybody. And um, I, I can raise my hand that I've done that <laughs> in the past. And then people are confused and they don't know what you have to offer. And they're like, how can you be an expert in everything? And so I think one thing is kind of dialing in on what it is that you are good at. And, and that's whether you're doing digital products or physical products. Um, and then thinking, okay, how do I serve my audience best? 
right? Mm -hmm. Knowing I can't be everything to them. What other things are they going to need that will complement the thing I am really good at helping them do? Right. Right. So like, for example, there was someone in my program who is a pattern designer and she sells physical and digital patterns. And so she has a blog on her site that's part of her marketing funnel where she shows how to use these patterns that she creates. And so the goal is to get them to buy the pattern. But in the creation of that, there are other things that she doesn't sell that complement that. So for those, she's created Amazon affiliate links within the blog post to those other products that are going to help her customers have success with her product. She might as well make a cut. If she, if she knows they're going to need a zipper and she recommends this certain kind of zipper because it's better for these bags that she's teaching them how to make. If she knows they're going to need this certain kind of thread because it holds up better than these other kinds of thread, she might as well make a commission recommending those things because they're going to need to buy them anyways in order to use her product. So I think that's where to come at it is from from a place of service. Dial in your products on where you're really good what at what you're really good at doing for people and then affiliate the stuff that's going to help them have success with your products. Awesome. Very cool. Before we move on to the next section, I want to give a shout out to some of the people who are watching live. We got Lou Mangello. He goes, rock on, guys. Oh. We are rocking on, Lou. And if you, uh, a great uh, episode that we did with Lou was when we talked about Facebook community and building community. Make sure you guys go back and watch that because Lou is amazing. Also, uh, Jillian goes, hey, Jennifer, happy to catch you live. So uh, shout out to Jillian uh, for uh stopping by as well and then uh, our good friend sabrina who shows up every week she goes we'll be watching the replay so you haven't seen this yet sabrina and so the the secret word that only you will, it, it's it's eric's beard so that's uh, that's the secret word is eric beard so <laughs> just for you um so let's go ahead eric and then talk about this next uh, piece of news about uh, instagram yeah so we mentioned a little bit about this earlier so uh, Instagram shops, Instagram stop, uh, shops, one-stop shop. Let's call it that. <laughs> no, uh, for basically Instagram rolling out shopping for creators who want to sell their own merchandise and the Facebook's going to make that easier. Um, whether you want to add an existing shop or a new shop to your Instagram profile. So, uh, in the vein of this creator economy, like we were talking about for creators who already have their own products, they're going to be able to link to their shop, um, or sorry, link their shop to their personal profile in addition to their business profile, which I think is interesting. Uh, this is going to allow them to display and sell their products directly to their fans. And then also the ability to link a shop to a personal profile uh, going live globally starting today, which I think was actually days ago now. Mm -hmm. So that's very cool. Uh, also, creators will be able to set up a new shop and drive excitement using exclusive product launches from the Instagram app and link their account to one of four merchandise partners, Bravado slash UMG, Fanjoy, Represent, and Spring. Shows what I know because I've never heard of any of that. I'm not cool. And then all of this is going to roll out to eligible creators in the U.S. by the end of the year, which is interesting as we're in June I know it's freaky to say halfway we're, we're saying oh, we're in June and we're yeah. halfway through the year, but that they're saying this is going to roll out by the end of the year, which could be another six months. So right. um, my take, and then also, Oh, there was one other related piece, which was uh, Facebook publishing this new report on key factors, influencing online purchases. So 
this has to do with creator merchandise. And my thing there is key factors influencing online purchases. Uh, Jennifer, what's your take on the key factors influencing online purchases? First of all, you need money. That's the other thing. First, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. There was so much to unpack in what you just said. Like, I don't know what those platforms are either. So I don't know who's selling on those. <laughs> we're <laughs> old. That's the thing. I guess we don't know. Yeah. I I, may, I, I don't know. Like, um, I know I, I thought 40 was like the new 20, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's interesting because I'm like, how much does Facebook know about, about selling merchandise? I don't know because like, where did they get all the data from? Um, probably their ads, their ads platform. So, so I guess the question that I want to ask, you know, inside of all this is because, um, you know, do you see that there's going to be any difference between, you know, leaking? Because I I think the big piece of news is that you'll be able to link to shops on personal profiles, not just on business ones. So is that going to open it up or is it going to be a glut of people selling t-shirts like they made on Redbubble and you know it's it's the the good price would be lost in the noise so do you think that's a good thing being able to use your personal profile and not your business for me business means business and that it's yeah. that's where you go like I'm going to go to your business page if I want to buy your course you know I'm going to go to you know um oh, I don't know, Tailwinds, you know, business page to see their offering or like their trainings on their product. Personal profiles, I mean, I think if you're going to be a business, you're going to make a business page. Does that make sense? I I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So the thing with the personal profile, I, I feel like this opens up a lot of challenges. Like let's look at Facebook Marketplace, right? People can sell from their right. personal profile in Facebook Marketplace and look at how many problems there are. Like I just bought something on there the other day and I got it in my car and I was like, I think this thing is broken. <laughs> what can I do about it? Like, you know, like yell at the person. I, you know, there's, there's not really, I, I think it opens the door for a lot of issues right Uh, deliverability issues making sure you're getting your your purchase making what if you get it and it's not quality how do you you're not dealing with the business then how do you go about it and then there's tax issues right someone's now selling something they're they don't have to necessarily be a business i mean you don't have to be a business i guess to have a business facebook page but i think there's some um I think there's some automatic trust when you're like, you know, it's a business, right? Versus like, if I'm going to go buy something from someone who set up a table on the side of the street versus walking into a store, there's a different level of trust there automatically. So I'm not quite sure why they're allowing the personal profiles to sell things other than maybe they think that builds the trust factor because you already have the relationship with the people. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure where that's coming from. To me, it just sounds like it's going to be a lot of problems. The the only thing I can think of is it's leading to, you know, moving them to a business profile. Like this is the first step. If you want, you can sell one product. This is what I would do if I was Instagram. You could uh, sell one product. If you want to sell more than one of that, you have to go to the business profile. I mean, you know, to get their like feet wet, maybe selling stuff. That's the only thing. I can think of maybe, I don't know. Yeah, And you don't have any insights if you don't have the business account. So how would you make any kind Mm. of decisions? That's a good point. If you have no data. Yeah. So we're flummoxed with this one, uh, folks. So Instagram, if you're listening, yeah, maybe clarify it for us. Send us, send us a DM. We'll, we'll we'll answer it. Use your, use the clarity filter Instagram. Yes. Yes. 
So, but this, this next question, Eric, I, I know you have it, so I'll let you ask it. So I won't jump the gun here. So, yeah, I, I'm wondering what's the balance on shopping versus organic posts. Mm. Yeah. So what do you think? What, what's, like, yeah, are you going to do it? Like, I'm going to do like five, you know, organic posts and then I'll put a shopping one in or five. And, and you know, have yeah. everybody loves ratios and formulas. Do you have one that you're thinking of? Jennifer, or is it just like, Mm-mm. you don't know, just going to do it no. whenever? I remembered when I was really doing a lot of sponsored posts, um, I was in the top 1% of one of the biggest sponsored p- blog post blogger networks where they, you know, brokered with brands to get bloggers deals. And, um, you know, they're working like Walmart, all these different target, all these different big companies. And they were at a conference and they were like, we don't work with anyone that has more than 10% of the content on their site sponsored. And I was like, um, I didn't say this in the thing. I went up to the speaker afterward. I was like, I'm at 95% sponsored. Like if you guys go look at smartfundiy.com, you guys will see that like almost every post has a sponsored disclosure. Um, and they're like, well, you must be writing really good content. And this goes back to that. Cause they're like, we don't do that normally. I said, well, you guys have been doing it with me for like four years. Um, <laughs> So if we go back to what I said about it aligning with your values, it fitting in with your lifestyle, it fitting in with who you are, would you naturally talk about this anyway? Can you talk about it authentically and and in a genuine way? And that's where I think we get in trouble with sponsored posts because we're a certain way as we talk about, you know, oh my gosh, I made this apple pie and it's so yummy. And then we're like, you know, here is my sticky note. It is so awesome. You should go buy it. Right. So we don't, (laughs) we don't do it in the same way as we normally would. So I think as long as it's authentic and fits in with who you are, I think it, it, it makes sense. Right. It's when we see people that's a comedian and then all of a sudden they're like, buy the fab fit fun box. And you're like, what, what does this have to do with like what you were talking about before mm-hmm. right so it needs to fit in with with what what you already are as a content creator and um you know there there are people that i follow on instagram that i love right they're my friends but then i'll see their feed and every time they have a post i find myself thinking oh what product are they hawking right now and i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> why am i thinking that about my friend right. um but it becomes this thing where you where it doesn't it's not quite fitting in authentically as like, are they really using all of these products in their life? Like, are they really, you know, um, are they really authentic about it? So I, 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 you guys know this with me about Pinterest. I don't believe in any kind of ratios. I don't think there's one way that you can prescribe because everybody's different. Every platform's different. The level of connection that like I have with my people is different than the level of connection someone else has with their people. Like I think of the comedian Fluffy right now, my son, every time Fluffy posts a product, my son, he's 14 is like, mom, mom, look, you got to get this thing from Fluffy. Can you buy it for me? And he texts me, but Fluffy is only sharing what this is Gabriel Iglesias. If you guys don't know, right, right. Yeah. he's yes. only sharing what is authentic to him. So he could have a product in every post. As long as it's authentic, he's going to get people to take action. So I think that's what we, we have to go back to is like, there's not a ratio. It's more, what can you authentically share with your audience that aligns with your values that you believe in that is not going to feel to them. Like they look at your post and go, Oh, what is she, what is she trying to get me to buy now? 
right? We right. don't want them to have that feeling. Right. Totally agree. And we've all seen those people. Yeah. And by the way, Sometimes we've been those people. That's right. Yeah. By the way, Sorry. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> but, 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 but it's a perfect segue. By the way, something that is very authentic and what we are using, I do want to talk about uh, Ecamm right now because they are sponsoring the show, but I use them every time I go live. There's what allows us to do this amazing lower third. You see me popping up, you know, Jennifer's, you know, bio and even Eric. I have to, I switch cameras to Eric, you know, go figure. Year. But I use, I use Ecamm to do that. And you can find out more about social me- about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. Love them. Totally authentic because I use them all the time. And in fact, they've got a great new thing uh, starting on Fridays where they're showcasing different features called uh, Feature Friday. So if you're interested in Ecamm, want to know how to use it, make sure you go to their channel and check them out. And right on top of that is uh, our pals over at Restream. That's how we're going live to all these different places, even Amazon Live. We're going live right there, uh, right now. And they have like 30 different destinations. We only use a smattering of all the places that you can go. Um, But you can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash restream. Use both of those products. Love them to death. Totally uh, support everything they do. So make sure you guys check them out. Helping them helps this show. So I appreciate if you guys would go visit them. So as we go on, to more stuff. Oh, I wanted to bring up this question. This is from Robert uh, and Jennifer. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Uh, He goes, uh, great to see everyone. And my question, support service such as creators aiming bigger, such as video production, marketing agencies, does the monetization strategy change for something like that? So that's a great question by Robert Lee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the more you want to scale something, um, yeah, like your strategies change as your business grows, right? Like mm-hmm. to get from five figures to six figures to seven, you're going to do things really, really differently. Um, and I wouldn't imagine, it would be really hard for me to imagine that someone's investing in like production software and editors and a team and and a studio and all of those things. And then you're like, oh, I'm just going to be monetized only on Facebook and, and Instagram and contained within that ecosystem. Mm-hmm. E- even we, we saw this happen with YouTube, right? People got right. really big on YouTube and then things were happening where channels were shut down, et cetera. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't have all my eggs in this basket. And so we see YouTubers where once they get to a certain level, now they are, you know, building their own sites, having their own product lines, doing licensing deals, that kind of thing, going on other platforms. You know, we saw this with Vine. Oh my gosh, right, like Vine right. died, right? I was like, I had so many followers on Vine. It was so awesome. But I was like, okay, those are gone. Um, and so we see that. So I think, you know, yeah, your marketing is definitely going to have to change. Um, I, I feel like this whole thing with Facebook and and Instagram and, and their new way of, of this monetization is... Um, one, it's for beginners. And two, I think it's a way to supplement and to warm people up into your funnel if you're an existing business, right? So mm-hmm. if they can go and kind of test you out a little bit on on Facebook and Instagram before they like whole hog go onto your site and become a big, you know, a, a repeat customer, a, a fan, why not, right? That This is why a lot of Etsy sellers, when they open their Shopify store and they start selling on their own site, they still have a hand in Etsy with a few products that are like right. really good sellers because that's a way to onboard people and introduce them to your brand using the power of Etsy to then get them to come over and become 
you know, buyers from your Shopify store. So I, I feel like this Facebook, Instagram, you know, shopping model, affiliate model thing might be a way that people can kind of warm people up and get them onto their site. Cause now once they bought, I'd be curious to know this too, is once they make this purchase, are we going to have their email address? Are we going to have an option to add them to our marketing so we can then drive them to our site? I'm sure that they'll have ad retargeting. Yeah, but from are we what gonna I, have another way to get them to our site? From what I my research is as of now, I don't think you get that information, which is a big we're gonna have to get them over because just you know, <laughs> all of us who have done this for a long time, we know like don't build your house in rented land. I mean, you mentioned YouTube and also you gotta think this stuff is not that far in the past that things changed and people let and so mm-hmm. use that to get, you know, the momentum and get your people who to know about you, but then move them over to your own site or, you know, and, and you mentioned before is like changing technologies and changing things as that work. So yes, email lists are important, but like for, even for us, we're using the, um, the text messaging to, you know, get this kind of a new thing where we try to get people to join our text message so we can get them to our show. And so trying these new things that you still own it, I can still I don't have to go through an algorithm for this text message service uh, is something, you know, to experiment with. And, and as you grow. So I think that's a great point, Jennifer. So sorry. Well, I just, I, I had I to wanna, get, I wanna, go ahead. I want to jump in on there. We talked about Amazon earlier. Amazon, remember, have you, I mean, you may have seen this, but sometimes, um, you know, when you, when you make a purchase on Amazon, you're not getting that person's email address, right? But the way that some sellers get around that is, and you've probably had this happen, is inside you'll have like a little card that says, hey, for an additional right. 20 for 25% off your next purchase, go here. And it's either you know, email smart. us or go here. Here's a QR code or a you know Facebook page, Instagram account, whatever. It's driving them to get them back into the funnel again and outside of just the you know, not having any personal contact information for those people that literally are your highest qualified lead because they already bought your product, just not directly from you. It was through a, a third party of, of Amazon. Yeah. So we've got to move to the, we're, I, well, this show is flying by so much good stuff. And so we've got two more sections I want to get to. And this one uh, is all about badges. We don't need no stinking badges. I had to say that. I really wanted to play a quote from Blazing Saddles, but I didn't. Um, so Eric, talk about this real quick, what this, these new badges and stars thing is. Yeah. So this is Instagram live and it's very much a Twitch or YouTube kind of a take where, you know, you, you basically get stars and badges as a way for creators to give or get, I should say, uh, earn, you know, support from their, their watchers. And so they're adding improvements to these features to unlock more potential. Facebook has said the ability for supporters to purchase multiple badges during Instagram live stream, uh, testing the ability for fans to send stars during recorded content, expanding stars to nine new markets and launching ways for creators to make more money, hitting certain milestones with their badges and their stars. So, you know, Jennifer, what do you think? Instagram live viewers like Twitch, like YouTube, being able to, you know, superstar and all those kinds of things (laughs) tip. In other words, tipping creators while they're watching. What do you think of this? Yeah. So Facebook already has this going and I actually use stars for some of the people that I watch. And that's how I even learned about it. Um, because like, I don't always follow all the Facebook news other than like, I watch your show and I learn things, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah. So one of the creators that I watch his show, he goes live five days a week, you know, Monday through Friday, 6am, I think 6 15am every day. Um, 
and he was like, Hey, thank you. So-and-so for the stars. And I was like, wait, what, what are you talking about? And so I went and I looked, I was like, what's down at the bottom. Oh, there's the stars. It's right there where the little emojis are the little reactions. And so, um, I started checking that out and I was like, Oh, okay, I can buy the stars. And and that's pretty cool. So I think it's an interesting thing to do because if someone hasn't monetized yet, they're showing up regularly. They have people that are following them, that people are loving their content. A lot of times or not a lot of times. Okay. Sometimes people will be like, how can I support you? Do you have something I can give? And so if I can give them 250 stars or whatever, I think, and this is where I think Facebook's a little clever with it. But if I can give them some stars, that makes me feel good, mm-hmm. right? I'm supporting them with like a couple bucks, right? So right. I, when I say they're being clever, I don't know how much 250 stars costs. Right, it's probably right. half they, a cent or something. <laughs> I don't they know. sell it like in, yeah, it's like, I don't know. And and I don't know how much of that the creator gets if Facebook takes a cut or not. I don't think, um, they, I don't know. They didn't at the beginning, but they may now. I, I can't remember. Assume every t- everything Facebook does, they right. take a cut. So right. uh, on, on this point, Jennifer, so like I watch Nick Nimmin. He's a YouTuber and he does this great live show. I really, we're going to have him on this show soon. Um, but I, he has a, a live show every Saturday. And so he's get likes from 200 people to 500 people watching this thing. And I use the, what is it? The super chats is what it is, is the super chats. Cause my question will move to the top. So like you mm-hmm. said, my thing is like, number one, I'm supporting the guy I really like to, to watch. He provides great information. And two, I want my question read. I don't want it to get lost in the noise. Right. And so I'll pay for that. I mean, I'll, I'll give him like, it's, you know, you can set the thing, but I usually set it. So like, Hey, look at me. I I'm supporting you. Um, cause I want you on my show. Uh, but the but how I, so I think that's really important. But I've also seen people who've just got access to like stars or super chats or whatever, and then they're like begging people to like, hey, support me by they're they're doing this constant call to action, like give me money, give me money, give me money. So if you just get access because it's not available to everybody and it rolls out based on your size, I believe. What are the, what's the first thing you should do when you get stars? Should you make a big announcement? Should you, you know, just happen to mention it or let them discover on your themselves? What do you tell these people who just get access to this thing, what they should do? So, yeah, so I like, I really like this creator that I follow. Um, his name is Mike Dooley and he goes live on Facebook, Instagram, and I think YouTube at the same time every mm-hmm. day. And so I give him stars through Facebook because um, I hadn't seen it on his Instagram yet. I don't know if, if he's got access or what, but he just kind of casually says it. Like the way I found out about it was he said, thank you so-and-so for the stars. And I was like, okay, that prompted me to go look around. Like, what is he talking about stars? Right. Mm-hmm. Um And so sometimes there's a call to action to like go buy one of his products, but, uh, or register for something he's doing. And sometimes he'll put a call to action about the stars. Hey, you know, I love your guys' support. If you want to support us, you know, you can, you can add some stars, right? It's just very casual. It's not really hard hitting. And, um, what I like too, is when they find a balance between featuring questions and not. So I did give stars. He did answer one of my questions on a live, which was pretty dang cool. Um, But he didn't say like, if you give stars, I will put you like top priority or anything like that. So it felt like everyone has equal access in order to ask a question and get it answered. And so if there's a way to strike a balance between that, um, 
you know, nobody wants, nobody's coming on because they want you to tell them to buy stars, right? right. They're coming exactly. on for your content. So right. you can say, Hey, if you guys found this valuable, you know, here's, you, here's a way you can support me really easily right on the app. You can buy stars, right? Just, just a simple, and depending on the skill level of and experience of your audience, you may oh. need to explain some technical right. things about it. it. Yeah. But I think most people can kind of figure out you can purchase it in app. You don't have to leave the live while you're doing it. Like, I like that they're doing that where like I can still be listening. Mm -hmm. I can't watch it. As soon as you start getting into the badges and I don't know how this will work on Instagram. When you start scrolling to get to the badges, that's where like this, you don't see the video anymore. Um, Yeah, it needs to be a little more seamless, I think. But that's yeah. But yeah, I think I think, you know, just you can incentivize it, but I think then that turns people off because they're like, Oh, they only want to, they only want money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So this, this last section. Um, so, Oh, uh, Rhonda says, glad to be here. Even if I'm late, uh, she's going to check the replay. So the secret replay, uh, word is Eric's beard for everyone who DMS me that later. I'll give you some words. Yeah. It's two words. So anyway, um, but uh, so this last the last segment I want to make sure we talk about is this new uh, Instagrams, it's new algorithms kind of overview about this. It's giving like ideas of how their algorithm works. So as part of that creator week we talked about earlier, Instagram has provided an extra insight into its internal processes through an, a series of explainers. Uh, the first focused on the feed algorithm and how it actually dictates content reach in the app. And the post covers like a range of key elements that can help facilitate more understanding and improving your planning in the app there. And the thing is this, there is not one all encompassing super secret algorithm. There's multiple algorithms that all use key signals with these other signals, varying on, you know, the different types of elements that it's using. So Instagram's discovery tab is a little different. It has uh, with the explore algorithm focused on showing you other content that you may like based on who you follow and your engagement history. And Instagram's latest algorithm defined element is its TikTok like reels for which it says the algorithm is specifically focused on what might entertain you. So that's really interesting to me. And so based on these updates on the algorithm, Jennifer, what do you changes do you think marketers need to make to their strategy? You know, I, Oh, you're, you asked me some like big questions. I know deep, deep (laughs) thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that they're, they're taking this on, right? Because people have treated the algorithm, the algorithm as this boogeyman. And really what they're trying to do is help us to understand how the platform works. So then we can figure out how to get what we want on it Mm -hmm. by serving them what they want. Right. Right. So I think if you haven't, if you're not using all this information from Instagram to inform your strategy, like you're missing out, they're giving you a massive gift and telling you how it works. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, now you're making me want to go back and look through those videos. <laughs> no, like- <laughs> exactly. It's like there's, there's some stuff in there. There's some stuff. There's probably some good stuff in there. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's worth it to regularly go through and look at, you know, look at the, the changes, look at what's coming out from the platform, right? That's how they tell us what's important to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question. I think so. So um, Eric, I know you had a question about this. Well, and, and my take, I mean, I look, I read through it a couple different times and they're like, there's no one in all in, there's no one ring to rule them all. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then as I'm going through it, I'm like, wait, so it's a, it, there is an algorithm, but it's an algorithm that's unique to you. And it's based on how you interact with 
what accounts you interact with. Right. And I'm like, well, that seems fairly simple, but then it's like, okay, so how do I, what do I do as a creator? What do I do as a marketer? And it really just, I think it, what it really comes down to is it's not, it's the thing we've always broken it down to is the two words of that make up the word or the term social media, which is social and media. So mm-hmm. be social, have relationships and make good stuff. And right. that really should kind of maybe just cover it. I know that's oversimplifying, but it does seem like they're just, say, it, if you really do boil it down, like it seems like that's what it comes down to. And, and Jennifer, I wanted to, because we, you know, Pinterest is the same way. All these things have algorithms. Mm-hmm. And we always get people saying, how do I hack or beat the algorithm? And I know you have very specific things that you say <laughs> about this. So what would you tell somebody like, okay, how do I beat the Instagram algorithm? Or, okay, I've got all this new stuff they told me. How do I beat it? How do I, how do I you, know, t- you know, take advantage of all the loopholes? Yeah, I think that's the thing is like, we got to stop thinking about it, like beating it. And we got to be like, how do I work with it? Right? Like what Eric just said, social media, it's about making good content, right? Like, and, and having it be social. So like, how do you make good content? That's subjective, right? One of the, like we were talking earlier about like, okay, well, one of the problems that people have when they're not converting is they don't have a funnel, right? They're sending Mm -hmm. people from whatever to their site and they don't have a funnel. The same with this, when we are looking at our own content, we are not objective, right? So we're not looking at it going like, we're like, I put my heart and soul, my blood and tears, and it's the most amazing thing I ever wanted to make. And, and now how do I game that? How do I hack the algorithm to get it, to get the, get it to show it to more people? The algorithm is built, right? The algorithm, which I always say is a bad word. I don't even allow people to use that word in my program. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, I just call it how it works, right? How Pinterest works, how Instagram works. The the thing is, if it's not showing your content to people, because it's built for success, it is built to show people what they want to see. It's built to keep people on the platform. And if we think of what they just said about reels, it's built for entertainment. Number one, if you're making a reel that doesn't entertain, like aren't you, you're on the wrong track, right? <laughs> they, they really do tell us what they want. So our goal is to say, okay, here's how the environment functions. Now here's what I want. Where do those things overlap? And you've probably seen me say this like a bajillion times. It's like literally a Venn diagram, right? What Instagram wants or Pinterest or whoever overlaps with what I want. Where, where is that? And so then really, I think we've gotten on this, this, idea of like, you know, I think of like Kung Fu Panda, right? I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, (laughs) but where like, you know, Jack Black's character, the panda, he does all these like special moves, like these Kung Fu moves. And then it like goes kaboom. We think that that's going to happen. We're like, if you do like these special things on Instagram, like, you know, the magic doors unlock and you get traffic. No, it's really, how am I serving people? Right. So if, if, your numbers, right? This is why it's important to have a business account. If the insights are telling you no one's seeing this, no one's engaging with it, no one's commenting on it, nobody's taking action, then you don't have an algorithm gaming problem. You have a content problem, right? You are not creating content that people are responding to. You're not creating content that then Instagram, Pinterest, whoever is understanding so that it can serve it to the people that are going to want it most. And so there's, then you go back and you say, okay, how do I, how do I make the kind of content that they want on that platform? Right. What, how, what do I got to do to make content that Instagram wants that then is going to serve my audience and is going to get me what I want. 
Mm. Right. And so I think that's where people get hung up is they think there's some like magic formula. If I do, you know, 36.2 second long reel <laughs> and it has like four text overlays and then I'm only on this side of the screen, like then like rainbows will shoot out of the sky. It's like, no, that that's we, we're are, we're focused on mechanics mm -hmm. instead of focused on like going back to what Eric said, zoom out to the big picture, social media. Right. How do we do that? So I think that um, for the end of the show that uh, Rhonda has uh, summed it up perfectly. Boom. Love that. So thanks, Rhonda, for that. So, yes, that is worth the price of admission, folks. By the way, uh, Jennifer, I want to make sure you have enough time to tell people where's the best place that people can find you. And I think we even have a, something to show for them to like, you know, like a tool that you have or, or whatever. So where can people find, it, find out more about you? Um, you can find me everywhere at Smart Creative Social, smartcreativesocial.com, um, Jennifer Priest. You can, like, Google me, Jennifer Priest, and I'll come up. It's the blonde lady. That's not me. Uh, <laughs> pretty easy to find. Um, and I have a roadmap for you. If you want to get started with Pinterest, um, getting traffic with Pinterest, I have a free Pinterest traffic roadmap. Um, it's all updated for this year. I just redid it. It's, like, really awesome. And I think you, if you get it, I think you'll actually get some insights into some of the ways you can approach some of the other platforms too. Because I don't think it's about, uh, like we just talked about, it's not about algorithm hacking. It's really about service. Mm. So, And for uh, those listening yeah. on the podcast, that is at smartpin.pro forward slash map. That's smartpin.pro forward slash map. So make sure you guys go check out Jennifer on all the socials and get her free uh, a guide there because I know her stuff and it is amazing. Eric Fisher, where can we find out more about you and what you're doing? Yeah, come listen to my show, my podcast, Beyond the To-Do List. We all could use a little bit more pre productivity in our lives right now. And this is one way to do it by going and listening to my show at beyondthetodolist.com. So he's got amazing guests. So what's some of your most recent guests that you've had on? I know Johnny oh, Cuff is one of my the, favorites. This is a great one. Yeah, that one of the most recent episodes is with John Acuff and his amazing new book, uh, Soundtracks, which is going to really help you guys with your mindset. Yeah. So go check his out. Beyond the to-do list, it's on all of the podcasting apps. Uh, go check that out and subscribe and leave a rating review because it really helps uh, the podcasters out. In fact, we're a podcast, so go to and subscribe at Social Media News Live. Search us there. Give us a rating and review. That really helps us out. Don't forget about our sponsors, the amazing people over at Ecamm at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm and also the people at Restream, socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Restream where we're going live in all the places at all of the same times so make sure you guys join us next week for an incredible show we have got the the, the most fabulous plumber that you've ever seen roger wakefield who's an amazing youtuber uh social media linkedin everywhere but his story and he he's it's just going to be a fun show so make sure you guys check that out it's going to be next week at um what is next week by the way oh it's at uh, june 18th at 11 a.m central uh no 11 a.m eastern time 10 a.m central and if you like me and need a reminder because you always screw up the times make sure you go text us at 903-287-9088 that's 903-287-9088 and get on the calendar and with that thank you guys so much for watching we will see you next time bye everybody social media news live